morning, everyone. Uh, I'm recording this sermon from uh, Oscar's very dirty bedroom. Uh, so it's just one more room on the house tour that Tony and I are giving as we uh, do our sermons. Maybe you'll see all the rooms by the time we're done. Next week, Tony will preach from the trampoline. I don't, I don't think that's true, but honestly, I can't, I can't guarantee it. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is our last Sunday uh, in the Lord's Prayer, and we will finish with a bang. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In this last petition, we join Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter and Frodo in the epic battle of good versus evil. And as we pray these words, we admit that we need some help staying on the right side of that battle. We plead with God to put us on the side of the good, deliver us from evil or from the evil one. There's some debate about whether that line is referring to the devil or to evil. More generally, I think an argument can be made for both. In this petition, we confront the devil himself. We confront the evil in the world and the evil in our own hearts. Scripture gives us an image of this battle between good and evil happening all around us. It's a battle between the powers of truth and love, life and peace, and the powers of deception and destruction, death and discord. It is a battle that we see played out on the grand stages of nations and politics and economies, and it's played out on much smaller stages of our workplaces and dinner parties, our friendships and the church. And some of you may think it's a little overdramatic to say that these more mundane things could be evil, but we live in a world that is created and ordered by love. To do things apart from that love is to contribute to its unraveling, to our own destruction. And really, all the great evils are only created by small evils piling up on one another. A genocide starts with the acceptance of a lie. I'm better than you. And then... My people are better than your people. And then, maybe you aren't even really people at all. It's a horror that begins in a subtle belief that we may not even know that we hold. When the movies portray this battle, they often show us clear good guys and bad guys, but the truth is always more complicated than that. Because, like Calvin said, the line dividing good and evil cuts right through the human heart. The line is not out there somewhere, it's in here. It cuts through your heart and mine. Even you and I, however much we want to be fighting for good, sometimes we find ourselves lined up with the enemy. And we won't outgrow this struggle until God's kingdom comes in full. And that's why we pray this prayer daily. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I've heard it said um, that the Christian story will show you that you are way better than you ever thought and also way worse, saint and sinner, at the same time. Both are true and will be until Christ returns. And it's really important to hold them both in balance. Many of you have seen the church throw out one side, calling us only damn sinners, and you felt the shame that comes with that. You felt or you've seen the self-hatred, the hiding, the fakery. It's also dangerous to throw out the other side and to believe yourself only a saint. And we may be more in danger of that error 
you know, it's good to do good and always to be striving in that direction. But identifying yourself as just a good person can become an ugly trap if you forget the other side of the equation, that we still need to be delivered from evil. Self-righteousness is poisonous. You know, many great evils have been done by people who were convinced that they were doing good, like the Crusades or the witch trials. You know, Now, looking back on those things, we can see clearly that they are evils. But then, people thought that they were defending a good. I would bet that most of them didn't even know what they were doing. They thought that they were the good ones. It makes me wonder what I might be missing. It's also true on a much smaller level. Tony and I have been doing some uh, Zoom pre-marriage conversations these days, and Tony said to one couple um, last week, he said, I can do some pretty awful stuff when I'm trying to prove that I'm a good person. You see that same idea in Robin D'Angelo's book, White Fragility. She says it's actually the white folks who think they get it who are doing the most damage to people of color, more than the ones who intend their racism. So she's talking about people like me, people who have read all the right books and have gone to all the trainings and know all the words to say. She says, to the degree that we think we have arrived, we will put our energy into making sure that others see us as having arrived. She says that people like me uphold and perpetrate racism, but our defensiveness and certitude make it virtually impossible to explain to us how we do so. We uphold and perpetuate racism, but because we're so sure of ourselves, no one can explain to us how we're part of the problem. I, I know that pull in myself. I want people to think that I'm one of the, like, the good ones. You know, I've worked so hard. How dare anyone accuse me? It's my gripping onto my own goodness that, threaten, that threatens to keep me from listening. And as a bonus, I also get to look down on those who might not have the right language, who might not have read the right books, and don't they know better, like I do. It gets so ugly. And that good person lie is actually pretty toxic within ourselves, too, because we have to try and uphold it. Um, a professor in seminary described my internal dialogue with quite a lot of accuracy when he, um, should draw this for you, but I don't have a pen. You would think there'd be one on the floor. There is. Look at this. Um, he, uh, wrote the word pride on the top of a piece of paper. Well, actually it was a whiteboard, um, and shame on the bottom. And then he drew arrows linking them in a circle like this. Um, he said, when things go well, we feel great, you know, up here. Um, maybe a little better than those for whom things are not going well. I know that really clearly in exercising. As soon as it starts to, uh, as soon as I start to exercise regularly, it becomes much easier for me to think like, oh, well, how come they can't make the right decisions? so judgy and it's not even a thing that I like keep going for any long period of time anyway um so that's up here right like maybe you feel better than other people or maybe you just feel like you're worthwhile or okay because of your successes but then as soon as we fail or do something wrong we quickly flip to shame berating ourselves for our failures 
um, until, of course, things go well again, and then we're back up at the top, and round and round we go. Um, he said that the only way out of this the only way out is humility. Um, that's the only way to get out of the cycle. A humility that can accept its own sinfulness without being surprised by it. Saying, like, yeah, of course I make mistakes. Of course I, of course I do. I'm a sinner. A humility that can receive the love of God despite that sin. A humility that prays regularly, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. These are prayers we won't outgrow this side of the new creation. We need confession, forgiveness, deliverance as frequently as we need our daily bread. I don't say all of this to make us feel badly about ourselves. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have been forgiven. We are free. We are God's beloved, and we are being trained in love. But it's important that we find our freedom in the grace and love of God instead of trying to find it in our own goodness or our own perfection. Scripture over and over calls us to be watchful. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. We are called to be watchful to return again and again to prayer, in confession, and asking to be delivered. Because whether we're talking about nations or households, we want to be squarely fighting for the good. And if we allow history to teach us, if we are humble enough to hear it, sometimes we can't even tell what the good is. What Christians call sin is really just anything that destroys relationship with God or with our neighbor. Um, Jesus said that love of God and love of neighbor sum up the whole thing. Anything that goes against love is sin. And since God is love and we were created in and for love, our sin breaks things in this world. Temptation is really anything that subtly whispers to us that sin might just be the best route. Now we usually don't think of that, those choices as one acting for love and one acting against it probably just seems more like a way to get by or a way to feel okay to keep our job or to get through a tough situation. And right now um, is a particularly tempting time. And as things get scarier, as COVID-19 cases and deaths rise, as they are expected to, as the virus continues to wreak havoc on our economy and our way of life, it will become even more tempting. We are stressed and stuck in our houses. We are afraid. And all those things are okay, but we have to watch how we deal with them. And maybe some of you have found yourselves in some old patterns, old ways of dealing with stress. Some of you fight the temptation to deal with stress through abusing alcohol or drugs, maybe using pornography. Or maybe for you, it's something like a less than healthy use of video games or food. <laughs> I know both of those things really well. And anything can become sinful once it starts to get in the way of love. That's how you know. Um, for some people, video games are just a good stress reliever, a good way to take a break. For me, they're a way of escaping. 
that leaves me feeling angry at any interruption. You know, it, it just crosses over the line into sin for me. So I have to be so careful. For others, maybe you struggle to remain kind. Um, as my anxiety level rises, so does my anger. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're dealing with, you can always turn back to grace a hundred times a day if you need to. We can always ask to be forgiven, and we will be. Heaping on shame is no help at all. It just deepens the need for escape. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't condemn yourself. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It's okay if you fail. It's okay if you fail. God has still won the battle even if we fail and fail again. And God can use anything for good, even those failings. <laughs> There's tremendous redemptive power in confession and apology. But our text today reminds us not just to stay there, return to grace again and again, but always say the next lines too. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For me, I find it a tremendous relief to know myself a sinner um, because it stops me having to uphold whatever image I might want to uphold. Um, it's a tremendous relief to know that there's grace around every corner. But it's important to remember that God has also invited me into something more. And it isn't just drudgery. It is meaning. It is life. It is returning to who I was created to be. It is working for the flourishing of the world, even in times like this. And the devil's greatest power is the power of the lie. You know, he can't create anything. He can't give life. He can only twist the good things that God has made. He can only convince you that you're not enough or you are, but others aren't. He can only lie to you and convince you to live out of those lies and then watch the destruction that follows. So we ask for God's help. We ask God, deliver us. And we th and thank God that God has been delivering us since before we even knew to ask. The former um, Pope Benedict wrote that Jesus descended into the domain of our temptations and defeats in order, to, in order to take us by the hand and carry us upward. I got a text message. Now you can feel better about all the times your cell phone has gone off during church. <laughs> um, I'm going to read that quote again. Jesus descended into the domain of our temptations and defeats in order to take us by the hand and carry us upward. When we are baptized into the faith, we enact a symbol of, of dying and rising with Christ. Our sin, all the evil that we do and participate in, is left for dead with Christ on the cross. And then we are raised to new life with him, rescued from evil through forgiveness and deliverance. And so we walk through each day confessing and praying, forgive me and resisting temptation, and praying, deliver me. 
and we are freed to enter into the cosmic battle of good versus evil, neither as good guys or bad guys, but as God's beloved, who are forgiven and delivered every moment, every day. As we keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, as we keep our eyes on him, we become softened by this knowledge of the grace of God. We become shaped by a love that would cling to us so tightly as this. And we can learn in humility to offer this kind of grace to others as well. Not judgmental or condemning, cycling through pride and shame ourselves and so giving that to others. But instead inviting them into a freedom to let go of all the pretenses, to step out from under pride and shame and to bask instead in the love of their God who will one day deliver us entirely. And there will be no more line between good and evil, only goodness and joy and peace in here and out there. Please pray with me. Lord, we... Um, ask that you would forgive us as we forgive others. That you would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That especially in um, this fearful time, we would be on the side of your kingdom, on the side of love, walking with you, pressing into your goodness and grace, asking forgiveness when we need it, receiving it wholly. And in response, offering whatever love we can to the world. That they might see your love um, reflected in us. Lord, I pray especially for those who are struggling um, with whatever temptations, and I pray that you would strengthen them. You say you always provide a way out, and um, I pray that they would have the strength to take it. Lord Jesus, give us wisdom. Give us faith. Deliver us from the evil one. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.